0: You act like we've never podcasted before.
1: I never use this microphone stand. You always give me the other one.
0: We should do a 10-minute podcast episode every week where the audience can watch you adjust the microphone for the first time ever (laughs) every week. Should we get into it? Are you ready for the big intro?
1: What's the big intro?
0: I'm going to drop the music, and then I'm going to insert it in post-production, and then I'm going to do this nice voiceover artist intro. Are you ready for it? Sure, yeah. So I need you to say, drop the beat now, and then I'll do it. But you got to be really into it, or else I'm not going to do it. Okay. I have to believe it. Are you ready?
1: What kind of intro are you doing?
0: It's just a normal intro. It's nothing... i you want
1: me to say, drop the beat now? Yeah, Like I'm on Space Jam?
0: Yeah. I want you to really mean it. <laughs> so I'll say, hey, Tasha Courtney, are you ready? And you'll say, yeah. And I'll say, well... And then you'll say, drop the beat now. Wait,
1: that seemed like a lot of steps. (laughs) A lot of steps.
0: Okay. Hey, Tasha Courtney, are you ready? Yeah. Well, then.
1: Drop the beat now.
0: And welcome to the 300th episode of the Sex Actually podcast with your host Dave Neal and Tasha Courtney. Woo! What's up? Yeah, it didn't sound as good when you don't have like
1: music an in the audience.
0: background. Should, what should I do? A space jam? Everybody yeah.
1: J- jock jams or space jam or something.
0: I've been listening to jock jams at the gym. I think I pulled a hamstring. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go do squats again. And I did lower body this week. And every guy knows if when you haven't done amped, lower body, you get too amped. And your hammies aren't used to being amped like that.
1: I think that just when you hear a good song, like you get amped no matter what. Like that's what I, When I catch myself speeding on like an open freeway. You're 100% listening because- to Queen. Yeah, it's like good (laughs) music on. I'm jamming.
0: Yeah, well, that's true. That's why when you run, you're supposed to listen to a certain type of music, which is so funny. We had, um, I was listening to this dude um, stand up and he was, uh, he didn't, this wasn't a joke he had, but he was saying how he, he, uh, in in life at the gym, he has different playlists for different types of body parts he's working out, like specific playlists for specific body parts,
1: like an abs list. Yeah, and- so for
0: for for deadlift for legs, just for deadlift, he has a special song that he plays because the beat hits it right as he pulls the the weight up. And I'm like, I don't have a special. I, I used I'm to too listen moody.
1: to a lot of ska, like in college,
0: with like trumpets and yeah. shit.
1: Yeah. And that's when I was running.
0: And that's when you were living alone. <laughs> no, I was life.
1: living with roommates. No, um, uh, truthfully, like, the, the only times that I ever was really into running was, like, when I was in college. I would run on the treadmill in the gym in our apartment complex. And then, like, in New York I would run and here I would run. And always, like... Scott gets you amped to run. Why did you stop? Why did you
0: stop running? What's the non-physical reasons why you stopped running? No,
1: it's only a physical reason. And it was because I injured my knees. And I remember the the very day and the very place when it happened. It it happened like instantly. And then my knees have never been better since. You were
0: blowing some guy on a marble floor? Mm -hmm. Don't answer that.
1: I was running on a dirt track around Silver Lake.
0: And you just blew your knees out?
1: Yeah, they just—I don't know—they just immediately started hurting, like excruciating. And how many pain. years ago it, was this? That was like five years ago. And that's at least. when you think
0: you got Lyme disease—is five years ago. You think it's related?
1: Well, I mean, maybe. I'm. I, yeah, I would say that my number one symptom that I ever noticed of Lyme was knees, knee pain. They say joint pain is a lot of people's number one symptom. Plus,
0: um, uh, irritability, Lyme rage. The fact that you mentioned Lyme Rage was a real thing, I Googled it, and it's weird because there's so many um, symptoms to Lyme, and again, if anyone's been living you know, or, or is new to this podcast, Tasha and I are dating, and um, I'm a comic, and she's, uh, she's a beauty queen, and uh, w- together we uh, bitch, moan, and cry, and uh, those are all me, <laughs> or if Tasha's hungry, and then we have different guests on, and um, guess who's coming tomorrow? Who? Gilbert and Channing, really? Yeah, they're going to come in the morning. Cool, but so that won't be till episode three oh one.
1: Yeah, because they missed out, motherfuckers. They missed
0: out. They missed. Out. I'm the I'm the biggest bitch when it comes to my friends. If they don't, if my I treat my friends like a twenty year old who's treating like a new relationship. Or like if they don't, if my friends don't text me back that day, I just start sending passive aggressive texts. Like, oh, must be nice wherever the fuck you are.
1: No wonder they're running away. <laughs>
0: yeah, he gets me and he gets back to me because it was a group message and Channing and I were just talking and Gilbert wasn't answering. And he's like, but after the first day, I go, oh, cool. Because I was like, you guys want to do the podcast? And I didn't hear back from Gilbert. And I go, oh, cool. Cool, guys. Awesome. Sweet. And then like a day later, he responds, I was at a fucking wedding in Ohio. <laughs> and it's like, sure you were. Prove it. <laughs> like, I need, I'm like a teacher who like, if you're not going to bring your homework in, I need a written excuse from your parents and tell me why. That's how I treat the podcast. I get you very in, moody. in like
1: your dog's vomit and he vomited up your paper.
0: Yeah. I get very moody with this podcast. That's what I've noticed after on 300 episodes. You still-
1: woke up moody. Actually, didn't wake up moody, but about an hour after you woke up, you were moody. <sighs> and I think it was because you knew that you had an episode to do today.
0: Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I knew I had an episode to do and I knew I didn't have the time to do it.
1: What are you talking about? We're sitting here doing it. We have time the- to do everything that we make a priority. We're in charge of making our own priorities.
0: Right, but no, that's true. I just, I just, yeah, I feel guilt when I don't have my shit ready. Uh, if anyone's wondering, if you, if you're listening to this episode and you're smelling some some pot roast, well, guess what? You're not wrong. We are cooking pot roast right now, and because we love this smooth, buttery audio on our Sure fifty eight speakers uh, or microphones. We uh, turned the air conditioning off, so we've got um, pot roast cooking at 375. And I know what you're thinking, uh, Dave, we're in Canada, and we use Celsius. That's 160 degrees Celsius. But 375 Fahrenheit. It's supposed to cook at 350, but it's supposed to also cook for two hours. And I'm like, ah, we've got to get this show on the road. So we, uh, we made a pot roast, um, seared it to lock in the moisture, as you do. Got to lock that moisture in. Right, ladies? Got to lock that moisture in and let it out when the time's right. You sound right, so gross. Let that moisture out when the time's right. Stat- statistically, like a there's probably one person listening to this podcast with their mom going, "What the fuck? This is." <laughs> we thought we were getting some education. Uh, there's no education here. We're just here. Um, I was told we're irreverent, which is, um, you know, until people have started. A
1: nice way of saying crude.
0: No. Yeah. Irreverent. Want me to look it up, Siri? What does irreverent mean? Fucking. I just. Hey, Siri, what does irreverent mean? Irreverent means showing a lack of respect for people are things that are generally taken
1: seriously. So exactly what I just said. Now what did you say? That you're crude.
0: Crude. No, I'm not crude. Crude would be like just, just being dirty for, for no reason. I don't have respect for things. That's
1: That's evident. Boy, it, every day I question my relationship with you.
0: You don't respect anything. Especially anything I say you don't respect. If I want Maybe you to... because re-
1: you're saying things that are not respectful.
0: No. It's because you... It's because you don't have a filter with me because we've been together for so long. When we, st- when we were friends, you were nice to me. You would be... You would, like, consider me. Now it's like... What does that mean? Like, well, look, take, take this stupid pot roast we're making. I had... I had potatoes. I had Brussels sprouts. I was ready to go, and you go, babe. There's no meat. We need a meat. We had already been shopping I was really all day hungry, long, and
1: I've been craving barbecue all day.
0: And you were like, we don't have to get it. And I was like, okay, well then we're not gonna. And you were like, but we should. Like you like my answer. did don't. Matter. I
1: never said we don't have to get it. First of all,
0: either way, the point is is that I'm not crude uh, for the sake of being crude. <laughs> I'm irreverent, and that's How did uh, we start talking about. That? I'm like the reverend, but I'm the irreverent. And uh, churches in service. Uh, why why do we start? Oh, because two different people had told me or that they listen to the podcast because of the irreverence of it all. You know what I mean? Because there's podcasts out there that are like, ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 92 of the blah, 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 It's like, no, this is you turn the red button on and then you communicate with people. The hardest part of this episode is that you and I have been together for three fucking days straight. So it's like we're talking as if it's the first time where there's nothing left to say. This is like if if uh,
1: I don't know about that. Remember the other day, you discovered some a story about me that you had never heard before. That's what's I don't know. I think there's always
0: what was the story? Is it gone already? What? What's the story I discovered about you
1: on the podcast? Go back one. Oh, the fact and that
0: oh no, that episode's coming out in two weeks.
1: Oh well, yeah. wait and see. <laughs> Keep on with That'll be tools. episode
0: three hundred three, <laughs> where we learn that Tasha. Um, doesn't... um, I think you have some trust issues with friends because when you were in high school, your friends chose the side of somebody else and you felt like they should have taken your side. That's basically how it went, right? Without getting into it. So now whenever I do something that it doesn't completely line up with you... I
1: mean, that doesn't even... The way that makes it sound makes it sound completely different.
0: I just think that there's a reason when... When, as you, you are, and this is how relationships work, right? You are a, um, ancient artifact that I am excavating. And I've, you know, like you've, I've only dusted off the forehead of the statue of Tasha Courtney. Like I have to keep unlayering more and more. I barely made it past. Like, I was like, Oh, what's this rock? And I du All right. I just fucked this audio up. So we're back. There was a cut there. I was talking about as I was dusting off the head the arc, the artifacts of Tasha Courtney, as I. Delve deep into the artifact of her life and who she is. And that's what relationships are. It's unearthing things about the other person. Hey, you know what? You learn a little bit about yourself along the way. Would you say that we've become more interwoven over the course of this podcast?
1: Totally. How many times a week do you think one of us says something and the other person's like, I was just thinking that all the time
0: when you're like, I'm being a bitch today. And I'm like, I was just thinking that. (laughs) Uh, not everyone, I don't know what the percentages are of people who listen that, um, that have been around from the beginning, but this podcast started out, um, almost five years ago. Is it, is it, it's, it's not only our 300th episode, it's almost our five year anniversary or was it whenever it was, I could look back at the date, Gabby Conte and I started this podcast and it was called a you up and it was just two single people talking about kind of their dating woes
1: you weren't single for very long though
0: i know that's the crazy part is that everyone said oh jays this chick you're into and everyone thought it wasn't uh, legit and and honestly i would never if i if i knew like 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 looking back on me liking you and me thinking that you put me in the friend zone and all this i would assume 99 out of a hundred times that this person just wasn't into me but because you because uh you know, you, I tried to kiss you. You sort of like, "Why? what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like you were giving me mixed signals.
1: I think I, I really wasn't that into you. I think I just wanted to be your friend.
0: Yeah. And, that's, and I believe that you think that, but that's not true. <laughs> that's not, I know you, and I people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're delusional. No, no, no. There's been half a decade now. I think my point's been proven on this <laughs> one that you're into me. Yeah, a little but bit. But the interesting part about you being into me is that you've also tried to dump me so many times. And I think it may, and thing says more about you than it does about me, that um, you're just a woman who's a little scared of me, of irreverence. I think you're scared of irreverence. You know? Do you have anything to say to that? I feel you're like you're
1: projecting me. on me a lot. No, because – I feel like if I, re, if I refute anything you're saying, it's going to get ugly.
0: It's not going to get ugly. I mean, look, there were times when I could have let you dump me. And trust me, I thought about it. And I'm not saying that that won't ever happen because I think the best way for us to look at our relationship, like, uh, w- would you ever be as confident to say that you're 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 100 with the guy that you'll be with for the rest of your life? Well, get real quiet there. Uh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I I want to believe that, but I think by by going into that with some sort of blind, like till death do us part, if you just say those things, I feel
1: like our track record is good though.
0: Our track record of you dumping me and me Yeah, being our like,
1: track record makes me confident that we have a shot.
0: Basically because you're with a superstar guy that's 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 trying to run towards the issues and work on them rather than run away from them?
1: Yeah, maybe that.
0: You do run away from our... You have ran, ran, ran away from our problems where you're just like, get out. And it's like, no, 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 let's just actually... It's like I treat it like it's an antique car where, you know, if there's some sound going on, maybe there's an expert who knows what that sound is and we can fix it versus you being like, oh, there's a sound under the engine. guess I'm going to drive this car off a cliff. I think you're
1: confusing that with like... Sometimes when we're hot headed, we are mad about something or whatever. And you want to like talk about it right then where I believe in like a cooling off period makes the talk more productive when you finally have it.
0: Yeah. Just like this pot roast we're cooking, you have to cool it off for 30 minutes. So the juices circulate and it's more, um, moist. That's what mm-hmm. I've read. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. I've learned, I've learned, um, over 300 episodes that sometimes I need to just take the dog for a walk or do the dishes and just leave you alone because you, you you actually are way more reasonable to talk to when you have cooled off. But you do your temper is fucking wildly, <laughs> wildly. Even today we're we're going to the beach. Are
1: you not? And, and I was like, oh, touch is going this way. Why are you way. being so judgmental of me and oh. at the same time so not reflective about yourself?
0: I'm just saying, do I have a temper?
1: Do I have a fucking (laughs) (laughs) Tell me, do I have a fucking...
0: (laughs) I always wonder what our neighbors think. (laughs) We've been watching that show, Jack Ryan, and whenever Jack Ryan does something cool, I just yell, Jack Ryan! (laughs) (laughs) And we were watching it, and like... 9 a.m. the other day because we don't have <laughs> jobs. <laughs> and I, just, I immediately turned it on and I go, Jack Ryan. <laughs> the neighbor's were like, is there some weird threesome happening over this dude's yelling at another grown man's name? Jack Ryan, it's a two first names. good show, by good the Good show, way. folks. So let me tell you, this was a sponsorship by Amazon <laughs> Prime. Get your Jack Ryan in. Now, it's a fucking fantastic eight hours of TV. Let me tell you this. Holy shit. It is shit. like an
1: eight-hour movie.
0: Dude, I check out men. Oh, mm-hmm. when, when they have good bodies... Jack, I mean, fuck. You know what I mean? When your job's just to be like an actor and memorize your lines and you can spend three hours a day at the gym, you just get cut. John Krasinski is cut. You know I mean, imagine 10 years ago me being like, bro, this guy, this dork, tall dude on The Office, he's going to get jacked and be an action hero. You'd be like, what the fuck are you? T-? I would love to see him and Steve Carell well, in a movie Chris together. Chris Pratt
1: was sort of the same way. Like, he was like, just like a little chubby, regular guy. Yeah. Parks and Rec, right?
0: And look, I got to see Chris Pratt up close um, three years ago when he was on SNL and I got to do background on the show. I'm not, that's, I, I made that sound like I was bragging, but it's really pathetic. But um, I got to see him up close. And let me tell you, I would guard his galaxies all day long. He is a uh, firecrack. You ever think that, you ever wonder from gay?
1: Um, I think I wouldn't be surprised if you told me in like 10 years you were gay.
0: Yeah. Well, in the 900th episode of the show, <laughs> Dave sucks a dick. It's funny. I got these new jokes I'm doing on stage about, like, blowing guys. And for some reason, they just make audiences laugh. There's just something. And I know it's kind of hack for a comic to talk about, like, blowing other dudes. But it just there's just something funny about it. And I don't know if it's because um, there's still, like, a lot of uh, naturally homophobia out there mm-hmm. with, like, Alpha like men in their rank, and if you look more alpha and you talk about blowing guys, I'm not saying I look alpha, but you know what I mean. There's something funny about a guy being on stage, being like talking about dating my girlfriend and then talking about wanting to blow a dude. I don't know why. It I gets know. laughs. I don't. Know. I'm not trying to dissect comedy here. Um, last week, I read uh, some questions that people wrote in, and I read some Reddit questions, and there was a dude who um, was engaged, but his fiance. Uh, a woman wanted, wasn't ready for like settling down. So she wanted them to have an open relationship. So they both started do, doing polyamory and seeing other people. Well, he started banging some other chick and started to fall for this other chick. And now that both girls, both women knew that he had to choose which one, like it got too serious so he had to choose which one and he wrote me back. Can I read it to you? Oh gosh. Yeah. So he had his, he had, he had his fiance and then he also had this new chick and they're both, are all of them are like young twenties, which is probably not a time to be getting engaged. I think this proves the point. Um, uh, fuck. Let me see if I can find it. Here we go. So he goes, help. Um, my girlfriend, who's 22, suggested polyamory with me. He's 25. About a year ago, and I think I found someone who can satisfy me in ways she can't. I explained the whole thing. I read it last episode. So then, um,
1: my I, ears just cut out. You can't hear your mic.
0: Um, right as we get into the there good we stuff, go. you're good. Okay, All right, yeah. don't move them. Um, he said, I listened to your podcast um, and so did my fiance. Does your girl come on the show too? Hello, Tasha. Meet Balzar. Um, his name is Balzar, uh, in case you're wondering. I don't know what that is. That sounds like Ukrainian. Um, Balzar's getting it in. He's slinging that dick. Anyway, Tasha says, hello. That was your chance to say hi, hello. Tasha. Jesus Christ. ADD we've got going on in this episode.
1: My ears keep. Going yeah, but out. the
0: audience can't hear what you can hear. Are you good? Are your ears back in? I think it's in? good. I'm we not going to move or breathe. We call them cans, so please use the proper terminology. Are your cans okay? My
1: ears are good. Are your
0: cans okay? <laughs> my ears
1: are good. I'm
0: going to strangle you. Um, does your girl, okay, he said, anyway, you said on your show you wanted to know what happened, so I figured I would tell you. I chose my fiancé. I've been trying to create a context where she feels safe and she's trying to heal from her slut-shaming religious past. We chose each other alone, and it's like our relationship was resurrected. The ring on her finger is my pride again. The sex is like we're teens, and every song on the radio is about us.
1: Well, that's good.
0: Well, she's 22, so... Fucking her like she's a teen is only a few years <laughs> up, but so so well. I mean, it's good or bad or whatever. But like they they went from polyamory. She got over her slut shaming. Here's, I mean, that's I feel
1: like going with a new person is the bigger gamble. You know,
0: what do you mean? I oh, like if, like if you chose a been... new chick,
1: yeah, yeah, that seems like a dumb move in my opinion. Unless there's some sort of like magic that I don't know about. What but... would you
0: do if we chose to fuck other people? I don't know. Like what if we had a guest on? Because I told you I had a I had I told you I had oh did I tell you this? Oh boy.
1: Ugh here we go. I had
0: a I had a dream. I had a dream. And I told I told the uh, the guest but not you. I had a dream that Gabby Bryan went down on you. Yeah, that's weird, right? I'm dreaming about past guests blowing <laughs> you. She went down on you. I don't know. I guess I was cool with it. Okay. I think it's a more of a trust thing for me. Would you let Gabby go down on you? I don't know. You don't know. Good. Boy, you're really just bouncing I know, things off babe, me right I'm now. I'm just
1: you, you're throwing a lot at me left and right. I'm just feeling yeah, like I'm yeah. It's like-
0: called a podcast. You throw things at each other. You create fodder. You only, have irreverence. You're only
1: throwing uncomfortable things at me. Throw shit at
0: me. Who are you dreaming about? Have you had any dreams of any dudes that uh, have been on the podcast before?
1: I don't think so. I have had some wild dreams lately, though. Like what? I don't know. I can't really remember. Jesus
0: Christ. <laughs> what a riveting episode. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. What have you been dreaming about?
1: Babe, I if I knew... Can you, I would tell you. Can,
0: can women, you know, guys have wet dreams, and it's clear when a guy come. It's clear when a guy fucks in a dream because it literally just, you know, blows out. But can women, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you come. Like, guys come. Wet dreams. It's I, a little more rare when you start jerking off. And, you know, it's when, you, you know, whenever you get that ball build up, you can, you can always have a wet dream. It you happens. can definitely
1: have, like, sexual dreams.
0: Well, who are you having sexual dreams about?
1: I don't know. I, won't, I wouldn't
0: be too offended.
1: Oh, you wouldn't. Well, tell me who. <laughs> so you do low. know?
0: Wow, you're keeping it from me. Is it a real guy?
1: Maybe. <laughs> who is he? It's not ever one person, babe. It's just so you're like,
0: fucking. You are no. getting the train run I'm on you.
1: Just, no, I'm just saying they're randos.
0: But they're, they're real people. Yeah. Like random guys that you've worked with.
1: Just real people. Exes? Maybe.
0: Ex. Well, hold on. Exes.
1: You're not having sex dreams about your exes?
0: I just... I'll tell you this. I just found out that one of my exes did a um, nude scene in a movie.
1: And are you going to check it out?
0: Well, I saw it.
1: What do you mean? It was sent to me. Who sent it to you?
0: That's what I'm not going to say because it'll give away... It's nobody. It's nobody. But they were like, Jesus Christ, look what so-and-so is doing. Not to judge them, but it was like, geez... And it wasn't even from, but it was like she did it right after we broke, like like shortly after we broke it, years ago, years ago, after we broke up. The guy didn't look like me; he was stronger and better looking. <laughs> so it's good for her. Who are you having sex dreams about,
1: babe? I don't know, random. But
0: you, no, no, no. <laughs> you just said your exes.
1: Well, look, it's I fine. Can, it's fine. I, I can be a big boy about it. Say that X is making appearance in your dreams, and you have no control over. But that. are
0: they like Kramer, where they burst through the door <laughs> and <then> everyone <laughs> applauds, and he gets an applause break? And he's like, you get to go, or is it like sultry and whatever? Look, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, because that's the thing. You can have dreams. You can have. Kinks, whatever. Would you? Is there any kink that you've got about me? Like some people, are like ah, oh, they want to see their man fuck some other chicken, and not in real life. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying like just this in that This like a fantasy. Yeah. I don't know. You don't know of any kinks that you'd have of me.
1: Of you? Yeah, like, like what I'd want you. I don't do? know, like some
0: weird shit. That's like
1: I'm not in charge. Come on, of you're you. in a group.
0: <laughs> you know, it's not about me. It's about a kink that you have of sort of like things that you would like to see me do or have done.
1: I don't know. I'll think on it. Holy shit.
0: I'll prepare these questions (laughs) in advance next time. Speaking of kinks, can I read an email? Sure. Um, I got a message from a past, from a listener, and I got it on Snapchat. And you know me, I am not, I always thought... You're not tech savvy? Well, I am tech savvy, but I've just abandoned my Snapchat because, come on, what are we doing? Right, folks? So, um, she wrote this, like, message on snapchat that was like a nice message and then i tried to screen grab it or something and i just deleted it so i was like fuck i just deleted it you gotta email me so i told her to email me and i haven't read this yet Are you ready yeah and i'll give her a fake name if she uses her name oh she did use her name um uh let's call her Tori. Hi, Dave. After the Snapchat fiasco, that's the Snapchat, after the Snapchat fiasco, I figured I would honor your special request regarding your uh, reading impediment and send this via email instead, double spaced. This is Tori from Snapchat. No, I am not a 15 year old group of girls. Thanks for the shout out caught me by surprise and my heart jumped up my throat and then down to my toes. If there's one <laughs> aspect of the podcast that keeps me coming back for more, it's your charm, wit, and irreverence. Now, I wrote that part myself. It's um, If there's one aspect that keeps me coming back for more, it's really how personable it is. You take time to answer listener questions, solve problems, and dig deep in those solo episodes. Here's an update to my situation. After 7.5 years sharing life together, we finally got engaged. Congratulations! Wow. Wow. That's amazing. All this time, I pictured a cleverly planned ultimate romantic surprise, a beautiful ring that would not wreck our finances and savings for a house. And then, in parentheses, she said, He should read my mind, which style to choose. And an over the top movie grade speech from him about his love for me, affirmations, baby. Affirmations baby Bring them on up you know, see, I'm not the only one Who likes affirmations I don't
1: know How the proposal Really went
0: Well I bet you She's about to tell us I finally realized That my expectations Were a bit ridiculous My biological clock Is ticking And after all This time We knew each other We know each other I didn't choose him For his flowery speech Or ability to create Drama and surprise But among many other things His steady Reliable And hardworking personality Sounds like me um, I'm no spring chicken anymore Hey Tasha <laughs> <laughs> I love that term spring chicken what are we eighty five i don 't know spring chicken anymore, and our love for each other runs far deeper than any tingling fe- tingly feelings he 's seen me at my worst when the inner bitch takes over and chosen to make a w- life with me anyways. This fact still knocks my socks off. He took me ring shopping, and it was ridiculous. Those parasites just want to sell you the poorest quality gold and diamonds at the highest price and pretend to work up discounts. They refused to listen to anything we said about a simple ring and kept pushing more and more expensive rings on me as if we wanted to start our life broke. They would ignore him until it was time to talk financing as if he were just a walking wallet, not my partner who I respect and love. We did not need financing, but they would not stop talking about it or the warranty program. Uh,
1: That's because they make all their money in financing. It's just like car sales.
0: Fuck these people. I know diamonds are worthless, but I wanted one anyway. Uh, something old school like my mom's going on 36 years married. We left. Uh, congratulations to your mom. Uh, we left those stores and found a tiny hole in the wall jeweler. He told us about the diamond and gold quality and spoke to us with respect. Uh, we definitely got to do that. We definitely got to go to a hole in the wall jeweler. Some yeah, like we got to
1: shop around.
0: Rickety dude. I don't want my diamond retailer to be a spring chicken. We found exactly what we were looking for. Lifetime repair and sizing. Free, no warranty needed, and no financing. Um, free, no warranty? free oh le- oh lifetime repair incising semicolon free comma no warranty needed. Okay, we missed a comma there, Tori. No worries. I got you. Your boy got you. It's hard to read. Uh, I don't read good. At this point, we were so excited and nervous, I thought he might just drop down on one knee right there. Instead, he took me to a park that we had spent time in when we first met, secretly, away from my parents' watchful eyes. As we walked along the forest trail, things took a dark turn. In his bulging pocket was the ring. We made awkward small talk while I wondered how he was going to propose. Suddenly, rounding the bend, we were confronted by a core Corridor of hobos. <laughs> it's either hobos or HBOs? I think it's hobos. One uh, on the bench smoking up a cloud next to his overflowing shopping cart. Uh, by the way, I don't think she's from the States the way... I think she's Canadian. A group by the river... I uh, Let me know, Tori. Where are you from? Uh, I'm calling you Tori. I changed her name because I'm reading the whole fucking email here, and I don't know if she wanted me to. I think she did. I think she wrote this to be read. Anyway, a group by the river eyeing us up and leering at us. He gripped my hand tighter and pulled me to walk faster. I thought we might be robbed. Oh, so she knew he had the ring in the pocket. Yeah. Oh, this is the problem with skinny jeans Jeez. in society. You just can't keep those bootcut jeans. You can't be hiding <laughs> anything. Uh, he's got a bull jaw, right? He's got a boner for that engagement. He put the ring on his dick.
1: Babe, it's I'm con- nervous. Okay. Finish a the A group story. by the river
0: eyeing us up and leering at us. He gripped my hand tighter and pulled me to walk faster. I thought we might be robbed. I began to laugh hysterically at the ridiculous non-romanticness of the situation. <clears throat> As we neared the end of the trail, he gasped. On a bench was a nearly naked couple. The girl grinding (laughs) him like there was no tomorrow. (laughs) I like where this is going. I am so sorry, darling. My partner choked in despair. All of the wishful thinking and need for the perfect situation fell away. It wasn't about some magical movie moment. It was about our ability to withstand everything that had been thrown our way and still want to jump all in. Having this non-traditional story just cracks me up every time I think about it and makes me smile. We walked out in the open to the field of Green Hills where we had taken our first frame-worthy selfie. And he dropped to his knee. I'm going to cry. This is so sweet. I want to make this commitment to you. He said simply, will you marry me? It was more than enough. In that moment, it was the most romantic thing I'd ever heard. I was crying. Here, you read the rest.
1: Are you getting a little teary? Yeah, I'm getting teary. It's it's a listener sharing
0: their story with us. It's very sweet. It's not hard to make me cry. You read the rest. I haven't read this.
1: I was crying and had the biggest smile I've ever had. After all this time in denial that marriage was just a hollow institution, everything changed in that instant. The relief from waffling every day during every argument or every lull where there was not enough affirmation was incredible. It was like a huge weight was lifted from my shoulders. It's been a few weeks and it's like we are newlyweds. We are full of plans and vigor launching towards our future goals. If you've made it this far, I just want to say thanks. He's wiping away his tears. I'm
0: not crying. I have a glossy
1: eyes. (laughs) Sweet. Uh, If you've made it this far, I just want to say thanks. It's a tough world out there in the relationship department. People really need all the help they can get. Your podcast is a honest and supportive forum to open those conversations and let people feel heard and encouraged attached is the ring it's an old school durable style that i expect we will need if it's to last as long as we do oh let me see wait she but said, i don't see the attachment
0: oh there's no attachment oh jace
1: wait is there am i missing i don't know something? is that the end of the thing yeah
0: oh i don't know i want to see the ring
1: it. we gotta ride her back into. oh I yeah she didn't attach
0: ahead. it ah! oh but you know what she sent it she sent it to um, the Snapchat, Snapchat, so I saw the ring before I read anything. So I knew she was engaged. That's look, okay. I get emotional because I put myself in. I don't know if this is projection, but like I put myself into people's lives when I hear shit like that. Like the whole context, and not to say that the at, the act of getting a ring or whatever. It's the whole thing, you know.
1: Like, feeling nervous and high pressure no, and all of that? No,
0: I, I mean, like, the whole thing. It's the whole, like, it's their life, you know? That they've chosen to just spend some time. How come I'm getting emotional and you're not? I don't know. Fuck, I mean, I'm just hungry.
1: <laughs> Isn't it sweet to think it's that... so and, sweet. And not
0: to make this about us or me or this, the, the sap, but to think that I'm able, we're able to hear a stranger's moment because of this yeah i'm not trying to make this sound like it's some almighty thing but for me it's it's nice that every week we kind of share a little bit about ourselves and when someone shares something about themselves i like it yeah i'd love to hear more people's stories hey fuck send me your divorce story you know what i mean because i'm not trying to you know say that this is all cheery like it's they say like oh relationships are work it's not work in this don't look at it like it's work in the sense that you're like reviving something. Look at it like it's work where you're just maintaining and keeping. No,
1: but it's just like moving. a journey. Life is a journey. You would absolutely be unhappy if you weren't challenged every day, and I think that's the way relationships are too. We're going to be learning and growing as long as we're alive, and that's just you know, facing challenges and working on things together and problem solving with the
0: potential with the potential reality that you grow apart. You know what I mean? Sure, just,
1: but you know all of that is part of the journey.
0: Yeah, I'm. Ju- I'm just saying. Like, I think. I think. Um, I've never been one to be a realist with things in life. I'm always like, yeah, you know, so real is what you make it. But, but, but you know, there's variables to life, and we choose. You know, we choose each other. We choose where we are right now. We've got friends that are in weird spots where, you know the moving across the country for each other i mean we've got both sets of our or several sets of our friends that we've seen recently like good friends like they've they're 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 chasing love they're they're trying to find their happiness one's you know wants to be home and the other ones you know what i mean like there's it's never as simple as just like two people that like each other you
1: know what it is as simple as though is choosing each other every day You know, that's, that's what really like a lasting relationship comes down to is choosing each other every day because every day, every fight, every challenge, whatever, you have the opportunity to throw your hands up in the air and just give up. Or you have the opportunity to decide, no, we're going to work this out, you know, like facing those challenges head on.
0: What have you, what have, what have you learned 300 episodes? Because obviously you haven't been a part of all of them. But you've been a part of a lot of us, a way more than anybody else. But what have you, what, what have you done because of this podcast that you might not have?
1: I don't know. I can't think of anything specific, but I feel like it's insightful. I think we've learned a lot about each other and ourselves. I feel like I've learned things about myself.
0: Oh, I definitely ask you questions I would never ask you in private, which is so funny because we're in our kitchen right now. But like, I ask you about like which X you're blowing in your dreams. Like, I would never. I come from such a pure, like, you know, uh, non-sexually speaking family. Not pure, but you know what I mean. Not entitled, but just a family that doesn't talk about.
1: Yeah, so do I. My family doesn't talk about that kind of stuff, which
0: is crazy to me. That your parents have been together for as long as they've been, raised three children, and like, yeah, it's wild that they don't talk. I remember when my stepdad started dating my mom and I was 11. I remember him like joking around with her and you know, knowing Luke, my stepdad, you would probably not see this coming or maybe you would, but like, I remember him like joking around about him going to take a shower with her or something and they were in the shower for a long time and I was like, Jesus Christ. But it it was like, that's, that's, that's so
1: overt, but
0: it's also so healthy to like show your kid to like show kids that you're like in love. Mm
1: -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. He
0: wasn't like, I'm gonna go bang your mom. Because it
1: leaves, it leaves a good example for what like a loving and healthy relationship it's supposed to look like some
0: of the some of the things about this podcast that that has happened um is that i've documented conversations and gratitude with people including my stepdad and including my grandfather who i you know like i mentioned several weeks ago i spoke with for the first time in well over a decade and um it's it's interesting like that episode where i called my stepdad was, like, first of all, the only episode I think any of my family ever listened to, which is fine. But just the fact that I was, like...
1: They listened to it?
0: Yeah. But, like, you know, because I was, like... I called my stepdad, and I wished him um, Happy Father's Day, and I told him, like, some specific things that I was, like, thankful for. And, of course, it was... You know, you choke up a little bit because you just don't do those phone calls. Mm-hmm. And I asked you if you want to do one. Your dad and you, and you literally <laughs> got rigor mortis and you clenched up. It's crazy to think that we don't go here. Here's a phone go call a close family member and tell them why you love them.
1: But you know why it's uncomfortable is that we're having to do all of this ourselves because our parents' generation was not communicative in that way. Not about love, not about money, not about whatever. They just I don't consider them very candid people and I don't know if I'm making like a sweeping generalization because I guess not everybody's When you say them, like you that.
0: mean gener- the generation? Yeah. And well, probably, at least we can speak to certain groups in America and the United States. There's plenty of people in. You know, you study in you know like Europe or in Canada, other places yeah, where I they're guess. just like cool. They just don't have whatever this blanket shame is. I mean, I've I've got so much shame in different places. I don't know what I have until I start talking about it, and you can feel it in your throat, and you're like, ugh. And it's like this weird thing that we we just take for granted. And through through untimely deaths of friends and relatives that we've both experienced in the last few years, we go, what are we waiting for? And that might include someone to just pause this episode and make that phone call. And I think people have. Yeah. It's weird.
1: Yeah. And there's no reason to put off till tomorrow. Something that you can do today. And, and I if think it hurts that includes so much, telling people how much you love and appreciate them.
0: You say it's so level headed, but I like even describing that phone call with my stepdad is like chokes me up. You know what I mean? And you know, you know, because it, it's all connected, right? Like it's all, it's not just my stepdad. It's just not, it's not just my grandfather. It's not just my real dad. It's all interwoven. And like that, you know, guilt I felt for not, you know, is that your LaCroix? Can you get me another one? Can you get me another one while I just talk?
1: Sure. Just go, it's
0: 10 feet away. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm stuck in the you're corner. You're making
1: me feel like I'm useless by making hey, me the I'll water go get it, boy. it here. I'll get it. And I'll um, hold on to my microphone. I'm the water boy. It's Okay
0: what a boy. Uh, well, all I'm saying is the, you've seen it. Like it's not, it's not like, uh, the, the emotion of dealing with family isn't like, Oh, Dave's in a moment today or, Oh, you're, you're, you're sad about this. It's like there, the, the, when you whittle it all down, like there's an issue there that I don't know how, you know, if I'm addressing it as sort of help, thank you as healthy as possible, but, like, clearly this abandonment from, from like, growing up without my father is just weird.
1: Well, I feel like you're doing the best you can. You know, you're doing the job of at least, like, opening up that box and considering it.
0: I've never actively tried to, like, shun these feelings.
1: I don't think anyone ever actively tries to bury stuff. I think it's... I think it's... Something that happens nat- naturally. It's like a protective sort of reaction that people bury their feelings. Yeah. So that, you know, so that they're not like at the forefront of their mind and disrupting their life.
0: Yeah. And you see, you can see how unhealthy it is. Like, you know, people in my family, there's people in my family with eating problems. And I have my own version, you know, addicted to sugar, but I probably gained five pounds this week alone. I got to go eat that romaine lettuce tomorrow. I got to get that rabbit diet. But there's, I got like a salt wheel. That's how I, uh, Assaulted, uh, folks. Um, but yeah, like I've got f- family overeating, and then they'll they'll channel their sort of anger into food, and it's just different. It's just none of it's healthy. None of it's that's not that's not what we're, we're supposed to be peeling away the layers, not adding them. And that's hopefully what this podcast, you know, it's 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 been cheaper than therapy for me. I've put some money into it, but it's been cheaper than therapy, and I probably should do that as well. But just the idea that I've sort of, I don't know, just becoming okay but with a where I'm at. Therapist,
1: I mean. Yes, they go to school and they, you know, are knowledgeable. <laughs> but in general, like at, at its core, talking to a therapist is really just like paying a friend to listen to you. Yeah. You know, like yeah. someone paying someone to listen to your problems and give you good level headed advice.
0: Yeah. And, and I guess and obviously with all the guests that we have on this you know podcast we we get advice from friends and sort of strangers who have nothing to offer other than just tell it you know call it as they see it but yeah for i don't know so when i hear when i when i read stories from tory um fake name we know your real name tory when i hear those stories i do I, i do go back to the importance of family and um unity and knowing that we all do have someone who's there for us. And that's the problem with society is that the the darkness that you feel when you think you're all alone is wild. And podcasts, and I know this because of the podcasts I listen to, there's podcasts where I feel like I'm part of somebody's family because I, I, I communicate with them obviously in one direction as I'm listening to them. But for those who listen to this podcast, we can be the friends that they have. If they don't think they have any, if they think that their ex is a horrible person or their mom doesn't understand or this or that, it's like, I get it. Like we come from places where, you know, nobody's perfect and an ego gets in the way of just like true love. And you know that like I dealt with that with a friend last week that almost brought me to tears. If it did, where a friend, you know, I felt like a, like that sadness that I'd lost a friend for a minute over something that wasn't important. And that's, that's, that's what it's all about is like, what's important. What's more important than building the, in fostering these relationships, pride, ego, you know, like, what is that? Do you suffer from having pride at all when we fight? You're just looking at me like I can't stop talking. Every, and people wonder yeah, like, why babe, is Dave talking so much because you're off every the time folded. I open
1: my mouth to get a word and you just keep talking, <laughs> then you change the subject and then whatever I was going to say doesn't even fit <laughs> anymore. Go for it. I, I, don't, I don't. I was gonna say something like ten sentences ago, and eight sentences ago, and six sentences ago, and two sentences. ago. I was ago. waiting for
0: you to chime in. Oh, no,
1: you weren't. You I always was barrel over me, even on conversations with our friends. I never get a freaking word in.
0: Yeah, you looked at me the other night like you were not going to throw me off the rooftop. <laughs> but the problem was, is you had interrupted me already, and I was just finishing my previous thought. So there's there was several layers of interruption going on. How about we read a couple, uh, one or two questions, and get the fuck out of here? How about that? What are, you, what are you looking at me like? You're cool hand Luke. You got your arm on the thing. I was sharing a good moment. I want you to share your moment.
1: Were you sharing a good moment?
0: Yeah. There was a good moment like buried there. It you were
1: just denying that Like it, you interrupted me and that it didn't matter and you're going to continue to interrupt me for the rest of my life.
0: What is love? baby uh-huh. in other words next time i just had to sing a song i should know the words what is love baby don't hurt me don't
1: hurt me we we'll got to, it what's next line don't hurt me don't hurt me no more
0: what is love baby don't hurt me don't hurt me no, no no. don't less. hurt me no more all right you know what that's a what oh, that's a good song that don't hurt me that's how every relationship really should start hi i'm dave i'm 33 don't hurt me <laughs> please <laughs> Don't hurt me. Just <laughs> keep it simple. Hi, Tasha. I will try not to hurt you. I'm not interrupting you because I don't value what you say.
1: You literally didn't answer like 40 questions that I asked you today. <laughs> like every time I said anything or asked you anything, I just got silence as a response. Okay,
0: but don't you think maybe... you, you, you uh, By the end of the day, you kind of hit the nail on the head that I was stressed out and anxious about stuff. But like... Instead of getting mad at me all day long, maybe just come to that realization like what what's wrong with Dave? Like think of, like look at it in the, in a in a mirror type of way, like shine the mirror on me rather than, be, than just get I mad. I knew
1: that you were I mean I knew that from the beginning, but it doesn't change the fact that your behavior is disrespectful.
0: Well that that would be your ego that's upset. <laughs> that like no. you're being like offended.
1: Like sometimes I'm like frazzled, I'm running out to work and I'm like, you know, in over my head and trying to pack my lunch and whatever and I I get annoyed with you, but like I try not to. I try <laughs> to modify my behavior so that I'm not snapping at you. I say I love you on the way out the door, like I try and always like wrap it up tidy with a nice bow and make sure we're good and we're on the same page and you feel good even though it's been a stressful morning. Yeah. Where as you feel stressed, and you don't mind to leave me just hanging out all day. No, I was with you all day on the holiday alone. No, I'm talking about figuratively alone because you're not like enjoying any of the things that we're doing. Well, we're you're being shopping like a partner okay. to me. We're shopping you're for cowboy boots. ignoring What I'm saying.
0: We're looking for cowboy boots. You're not
1: answering my questions.
0: I mean, how many? You're forms? trying not
1: to let us buy toilet paper.
0: <laughs> we had to go get beef and toilet paper. <laughs> What a fucking diesel couple that is! <laughs> Pleasantries, no. Beef and toilet paper, and we got them both. And we're gonna eat our beef, and we're gonna shit. What if I <laughs> end the podcast on that? All right, let's read a couple questions. All right, it is getting so hot in here now that we turn the air conditioning off. Okay, here we go. How did you get out of a skeptic, cynical, embittered mindset? The person I was scheduled to meet up with Saturday morning canceled on me the night before. Instead of being bummed out or disappointed, I felt more along the lines of, I'm not surprised, and saw that coming. The frequency of times I've been ghosted stood up and otherwise cut off for reasons I can't decipher. Um, Out of the one to one... Uh, over 20 people who actually reply back. Okay, so, geez, you are cynical. One out of 20 people who actually reply back has burned out any enthusiasm, especially when I see my friends and colleagues celebrating anniversaries and marriages. Obviously, we all know that a cynical skeptic isn't that good of a look. So how do people get out of that place? Tasha? Well,
1: uh, geez, I I mean, listen, like the first time that I felt like, you know, a client didn't like me at a casting or a job or something. I was hurt by it. The 10,000th time that that happened, I don't care at all. I think it's about exposure. Like, you got to understand that the dating process is like.
0: what Oh, your phone's going off. Time to take your birth control.
1: The dating process. Kill
0: them babies.
1: Is like not it's not fast for everybody it's a long haul you're like learning about other people you're learning about yourself you're being collaborative you've got to find someone who vibes with you and like it's gonna take a lot of trial and error
0: so you're saying it's a numbers game don't be so bummed out if only one out of 20 are responding yeah. But I would also, don't you think you should look inward when, when, when only one out of 20 people are responding and you are getting ghosted on, I, I, I obviously do do my joke about getting ghosted on that my marketing's all off. You know what I mean? And, and it's true. Your marketing's all off. If you're being ghosted on, it means someone, I mean, the, 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 the fact of the matter is ghosting. Somebody decided you weren't worth responding to what they thought you were, wasn't what they were getting. And they left. Boom. Okay. They're the asshole. Or
1: maybe after some conversation, they decided that you guys weren't compatible.
0: And they just decided the nice thing to do would be to just cut ties to you. And of course, that's not true. That's shitty. They should have just told you, hey, I'm moving on, blah, blah, blah. But that's just not how it works. You can't control other people. So how are you portraying yourself? You know what I mean? And if you are cynical, that energy is low. That is low energy.
1: Yeah. And it's obvious, too. Think about how many times you've, like, walked into a room and, like, the – boss is in a shitty mood and like everyone's all tense. Like you can literally feel that when you walk into a room, it's a dimension. Like everybody's all uptight.
0: I can tell before Tasha opens her eyes if she's going to have a rough day. You just get to – it's true. That's a tuning fork. You get to – and sometimes we're wrong and, and they go – and like sometimes I'll be like focused on something or stressed out and I'll be in my head and you might be like, Dave, why are you, why are you being a fucking asshole today? And I go, oh, gee, I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm just thinking about this thing. You know what I mean? Like you have to know that the energy you give off is being absorbed by other people. How, what energy do you want to give? They say the number one thing to do when you walk into a bar is smile. It's a fucking rocket science. Well, write it down on your hand. Smile. But,
1: but did you know that like smiling actually like releases dopamine or something, right? Fuck yeah. It like actually does make you happy. It like triggers happy hormones Fake it for till you till to you make smile it. and it makes you feel like more attractive and more confident. So I would say that one of the most important things that you can be when you're like meeting someone new or walking into you know walking into a room is comfortable you know like happy confident confidence is key obviously like it's it doesn't work with false confidence you just need to like yeah. you know be optimistic
0: but also yeah that's all true and if you're wor- worried about your friends getting married and this and that it's the old adage we say keep your eyes on your own Homework. <laughs> so keep your eyes in your own lane. Whatever. Stay in your, Stay in your lane. lane. Your lane. Don't compare. Don't cheat on others. You know, like it's you gotta be detached from the outcome. Yeah. That's the rub, that's where the good people are at. Not yeah. being stressed Yeah, If and you worried. went
1: into every like dinner date with a mindset that, like, ah, oh, you know, who knows where this is gonna go, but maybe I'll make a friend, maybe I'll meet some cool people. Yeah. You know, maybe I'll have, at the very least, you have a good dinner. You know, you're going to eat some good food.
0: This comic that I know, he's about five foot four. It's important to the, it's important to this, what I'm about to say. And, um, He's always just because every woman on, on their thing, oh guys only five foot ten, like it's women if they, if there's anything that all women can for the most part agree on is that they don't like short guys. I mean bald guys stand a chance, fat guys stand a chance, but short guys in our society just have a very, very hard time. They really do. I've talked to so many of them that like they're just not getting a shot and this guy he is so far past cynical about the whole scenario. To the point where he said he had a job interview recently. And he's like, I probably didn't get it because I'm short. Like, he's so in his head about that. And it's a real thing. But how do you ditch that cynicism when it's a real thing? Maybe you aren't traditionally that good-looking. Maybe you aren't so-and-so. Like, you can work out more. You can but do like, a lot of things, but you have to accept. But, everybody has
1: pluses and minuses. Everybody. I've got fucking crooked shoulders. And I've heard about it 20 times this year. But, you know, it's like... <laughs> Everybody has pluses and minuses. So you, like, A, you got to stop thinking about your minuses. And B, you got to start concentrating on your pluses and honing those skills. Get that like, big, you're big a energy. funny guy, and you have, like, you oh, know. Thanks, babe. You're, like, charming. You talk to everyone when you walk into a room. Like, you're a very good conversationalist. Okay, I can't you tell like if you're giving me compliments
0: people. or talking to just in general. No, t- I'm talking t- about
1: you. Oh, Mr. thank you, McRae. babe. I
0: appreciate that. But
1: I'm saying that's, like, one of your pluses. Probably if and you told really... me just that
0: every day, that would make me a happier person.
1: But what I'm saying is... No, this if... is all
0: news to me. No, so repeat it. I'm going to listen to this. Repeat it.
1: You can just replay it back. I
0: will. I had that 15-second <laughs> one over and over.
1: Um... But what I was saying is that you really have to like hone those skills of things that you're good at, you know, find a community, like you. you play baseball and that brings you happiness and a sense of community and blah, blah, blah. And you have your skills of comedy. You have your people skills, all of those things like make you into an attractive person. People aren't looking at your flaws. They're looking at the things that they love about you.
0: And if you're only focused on your flaws, you'll draw attention to them. And there are short guys out there, you know, that the Kevin Hart's of the world that say, fuck it. I'm going to be the biggest five foot four guy in the world and just command that energy. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks, though, when you know what your issue is and you know you're not being given a fair shot. And that's tough. That's tough for guys and guys in another. And I'm not I can't speak for women, but for men, it's tough when you know you're you've got this specific glass ceiling. I'm just, I'm not saying that women don't have their own issues, but for men to not think they're being given a shot to even hit play the game, that's this whole incel fucking nonsense stuff, you know? And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that.
1: But don't you think there's a person for everyone?
0: That's the thing. That's I mean, thing. I've
1: dated a guy that was short.
0: How did, how short? Like shorter than you? Like probably
1: like 5'8 or 5'9. Okay, this nine. is, this
0: guy, I'm talking 5'4. Yeah, but I understand. I
1: know, I'm just saying that like. You know, there's gonna be people out there where it's not an issue, or he's gonna date a girl that's five foot even, yeah, four eleven, yeah.
0: And and this guy's he's so I'm gonna send him this episode. He's so far out of his, you know, with that negative, with that cynicism, and that's what it is. It's cynicism. It's geez, here's another one. You're attracting it. You're attracting all those highest.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm just you know personal example. Side note, I hate when like there's been a couple of times where you and I have been arguing and then I have to like go to a casting there's nothing worse than being in a bad mood and walking into a casting so you really have to just shake that energy and i feel like it's the same thing moods are so contagious like
0: i had to um do stand up a night that i thought you were breaking up with me and and i had a great set by the way but i walked off that stage in my emotions i was so sullen I was, I had, I had, and this is probably the biggest show I've had this year. I had three, three or 400 people just fucking, well, yeah. And as soon as I walked off stage, you go, Oh my gosh, my reality is so not as good as this moment with like what I've got to go do and like take care of, you know? And, and it took, uh, and it, but it's, but it's that knowing how to get out of that and get, channel that energy. And you see, like in sales meetings, everyone claps and they hoorah, hoorah, hoorah. They do all this crazy shit. And it's like, you got to retrain that brain to laugh, smile, go, go, I am enough. I am enough. I have confidence. I want to share it with people. You have to just do these, I mean, Google some mantras and you have to do these silly things to retrain your mind to operate at the frequency yeah, you of get love. Piped.
1: You got to get hyped. You gotta get fucking
0: hyped. And, 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 and I was told that when I was studying at Groundlings this past year. The guy goes, you need to say something as you're walking on stage. And the thing I came up with is fuck it. Because one of my biggest hangups in life is worrying about others and not being goofy and being silly and being in the moment. Which might not sound that way to others, but that's what it is. So you just go, fuck it. Fuck it. And that's just like my boy... In risky business, said sometimes you just gotta say what the fuck, and that's the mantra. What the fuck? Who cares? And that's my irreverence. Who the fuck cares? I'm just gonna be goofy. I wanna talk about what I wanna talk about. I wanna be me. And the goofier I've learned to become, and, and just be in my own moment.
1: No, but is it goofier or is it like authentic?
0: Oh, it's authentic.
1: You know, that's what's that's the key word. And there.
0: cynicism isn't authenticity. it's it's, no, it's, it's like wanting something you don't have. It's just as bad. It's just as bad as as so many other inauthentic sleaziness that's out there. Whether it be a salesman that's just fucking grimy or politicians. It's cynicism. It's selling yourself it's like short. Fear. It's fear. It's fear of, of the of the outcome of actually getting rejected when you put yourself out there. So when you meet people that are actually putting themselves out there, going on dates, getting ghosted on, it's like. Bravo to you for living the life and feeling these raw feelings. I'll tell you this. Whenever... You know, when I play high school football, you get blindsided by a defensive end. The guy missed his block. You just get hit. I mean, you can feel your brain hit the, hit your skull. You can just, be, your snot comes out, and you've never felt more alive. The quickest you get up from a fall is when you've been hit the hardest. And when when you have this cynicism and this protection that says, "Oh, you know, women just don't like short guys." I'm going to mail. You know, I'm not going to. And the next thing you know, six years later, you haven't well, been the, on but a that's, date.
1: You, you almost said it. I'm going to mail it in. It's like an excuse for you know not not putting yourself For
0: out why there. you're about to fail. Yeah. It's like no no excuses for why you're about to fail. Go fail giving it your best shot and then and then recalibrate because success and failure it's not a binary thing. Success happens because of failure.
1: Multiple failures.
0: Multiple failures. How many times did I try to kiss Tasha before she let me? <laughs> Multiple failures before the we got to get out of here. But I just want to say thank you Tori for writing in. Speaking of successes, we're happy for you. You've made our day. We have a pot roast to eat. I want to cheers to everybody for 300 fucking episodes. What the fuck? And for 300 more, what do you want to see in the next 100 episodes?
1: Uh, I want to like eight times our listeners.
0: Yeah, I want eight more listeners. No,
1: eight times. <laughs> yeah,
0: I want. Here's what I want. I want, and and when we've we've just officially submitted episode number three hundred and three to be featured on iTunes. This is episode three hundred, or did I submit three hundred and two? Three hundred. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I think it's three hundred three. Either way, it's a it's a slow process. We've submitted it to 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 get out there with new audience, new listeners, and we know that. By increasing that audience, I, you know, I, what I want to do in the next 100 episodes, I want to to be having my solo episodes, our group episodes, road trip episodes. I want to be doing more episodes because we can because we've got a bigger following and we can sp- put a little more love into it. And I don't mean that in a limitation like we can't do that now. I'm just focusing my energy now on getting the podcast in the right hands to get it featured while we keep on sharing it and growing it organically. Um so for those who are listening, best thing you can do right now is share it with your friends. Subscribe on iTunes. Um, that is still the motherland of the best, the most uh, listened part of where people find us. Go ahead and listen to it on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, iHeartRadio, wherever you want to listen to it. But on iTunes specifically, make sure you're subscribed and downloading every week. Uh, I'm going to tweet out every episode on Twitter, and I'm uh, tagging... Apple Podcast at Apple Podcasts. When you see that, hit it with a retreat, hit it with a comment, let them know that we've got people listening and taking action. That's the best thing you can do for us on our 300th episode birthday is, is um, supporting us digitally so that they can see that we've got um, some life behind us. And we do. We've got proposals, divorces, polyamory, cynicism. We've got every step of the evolutionary chart right now. And look, you're all in the right place, but now it's time to take a step forward. So... You know, say goodbye to your cynical self, and, just,
1: and your limitations.
0: Because I mean, th- th- and not to get all like meta, whatever, but we're we're just dust without the soul, right? We're just stardust without the thing that you know, the, the soul and the spirit that's within us. We die, we go away. The body just atrophy is dead, right? So. Every day that we're alive, we're producing millions of new cells. They say that like no like no part of you was alive several months ago. You know what I mean? Like you've literally completely replenished and regrown. So you need to just have that positivity and that love. And as you feel it within yourself, you're literally transforming your organs, your, your everything from that permeates your skin, your heart, your everything about you is changing for the better. Share that with others. Enjoy. Find the passions in life that make you want to wake up happy and you're going to find somebody or a group of people that is going to want to enjoy that experience with you. So if you're alone out there, write in, let us know what your story is. at gmail.com. Any success stories, I want to hear them. We're all about the positivity. Again, sexactuallypodcast at gmail.com.
1: And we don't mind to help you through your troubles either.
0: We've all got troubles. We've shared them on here. I'm a fucking mess. But uh, if you've listened to over six episodes, you know the rule. If you haven't written in, what are you waiting for? Come on, folks. I know who you are. I'm watching you. (laughs) Uncle Dave's out there watching you. Thanks for being a part of the journey with me, Tasha.
1: It's been fun. Let's
0: go eat our um, pot roast. (laughs) Is it ready? Is it ready? You have to end the episode though. I'm
1: so. hungry. So what's
0: your tagline to end the episodes? So then I'll play the music.
1: Tagline? Yeah. What do you mean? Give me
0: like a good. That was number <laughs> three hundred or something like that.
1: That sounds dumb.
0: Ma- make it st- wait, be, let's be silly. be silly. What's wrong with you being something
1: space jammy?
0: I can't play the space jam. I'll get kicked off. I I have to play my uh, my unlicensed music. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wait. I want to say, well, I think it's Jock Jams. Let's get ready to rumble, Jock Jams.
0: <laughs> That's what you want to end with? Yeah. Okay, go for it.
1: No, I just did it. No,
0: but you had to do it, and I'll say, I'll say that, and I'll do my ending, Wait, and then you what's go. Your ending. I'm gonna say that was episode 300, and then you're gonna. I
1: don't think "Let's Get Ready to Rumble" it goes because it's the end of the episode, not the beginning. Do you want
0: to sing something? No. Nah. Want to do a pot roast dance? <laughs> pot roast dance. You got nothing? Or your improv skills are really...
1: Babe, what do you expect? It's the end of a long day. I'm sunburned and itchy.
0: <laughs> That's, should we do that episode? Sunburned and itchy. This was number three hundred. Sunburned and itchy. Bye, everybody. Bye. Should we sunburned and itchy. Alright, alright. Did alright, alright.
1: Alright,
0: right. Yeah. All alright, alright. You ready?